Hello and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Noah Downs. I'm your co-host. I'm here with Luke Bisson, the other co-host of this excellent podcast. How are you doing, Luke? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? I am trying to choke down a wonderful smoothie that I made way too thick. Um, <laughs> it's literally like trying to eat flubber. I, I, I hear rum's good for cutting it down a little bit. A rum? Actually, that's a mum food. That's a great idea. Don't tell my trainer. <laughs> Um, he will kill me. So, uh, so we're heading into the off season and this will serve as the combine edition of our podcast. Um, all right. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have three sections today outlined by Luke. Luke does all the prep, really. I, I'm just the voice and Luke is the prep and the brain <laughs> and the looks. Really, I just, I just do the producing. Um, I, I don't know about that. You're the one drinking shakes and running. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I'm the smile. Um, but yeah, so first section, we're going to go over some quick round of news and notes, just things you've probably heard of, but we want to discuss a little bit how they'll affect your dynasty teams and your, eventually your, um, regular fantasy football teams, you plebeians. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> then we're going to go into a combine section, highlight some, uh, important prospects, and obviously I'm going to do Noah's Virginia Tech corner. And uh, then we're finally going to wrap it up with the top ten free agents and their potential landing spots. Um, and that'll be fun. It'll kind of be like addressing those team needs we did in the first two podcasts. Uh, the first yep. thing I want to say, though, before we get into news and notes is thank you all. We've had a great response from, from people who have missed us dearly. And uh, uh, it's wonderful to have, hear from fans and listeners. And y'all are dedicated and wonderful. Absolutely. I, I was amazed on the number of people that I heard from, too. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. would get emails saying, you know, hey, it's good to hear that you're back. And I was like, wow, I guess people were listening. People actually <laughs> like us. Uh, and anyway, so thank you all. Uh, let's go ahead and talk, uh, go into the news and notes. We had uh, some great franchise tags, um, starting off with my very own Washington Redskins. Surprise, surprise, they tagged Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what we discussed. It. Um, we don't need to really go too much into it. Uh, we discussed on the Team Needs podcast about how this right. is going to turn into a sign-and-trade. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to go sign-and-trade. Now, the only thing that's changed for me is basically where he may or may not go. I think that both the second overall and San Francisco and third overall are in play in Chicago, you know, as far as, like, teams that could go after him. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Cleveland is not a uh, – not involved whatsoever. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Cleveland is really looking at my boy uh, Tyrod Taylor or uh, T-Bone. Yeah. Or, uh, well, how many nicknames does that guy have now? I don't know. I don't got know. A hey, if he jumps in the dog pound, I'm sure he'll get a couple more, though. Yeah, seriously. Anyways, moving on to Le'Veon Bell, running back, Pittsburgh. He was tagged mm-hmm. for the year. Um, they're already in long-term contract talks, so I right. expect that to, get, that to get taken care of. Um yeah, that's nothing much there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's what's interesting though is Antonio Brown got that extension. Yeah, yeah, he got, he got paid, and um, if they can find a way to lock up Bell, and as long as Bell um, uh, stays uh, stays good, <laughs> doesn't yeah. get any more uh, four game suspensions, uh, you know, and on and on, uh, they could it, locking up is going to be very very crucial. I know exactly. So uh, then Chandler Jones. Uh, it was tagged by Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, I don't really have much to say there. How about you? Yeah, as far as it goes, from a fan standpoint, you know, unless you're playing IDP, it doesn't matter. But, you know, going down the list, Chandler Jones was tagged. Uh, Quan Short, Carolina's defensive tackle. They were, he was tagged. You know, Melvin Ingram, pass rusher for San Diego, was tagged. Uh, Jason Pierre, Paul, and his eight fingers were tagged. Um, <laughs> JPP and the eight fingers. <laughs> Jermaine Johnson out in the for the Rams was tagged, you know, yeah. and then, and then, you know, so I mean, so all of those guys that were tagged, they're all defensive players. They're good if you play IDP to a point. Uh, but uh, it's just good to know who's there in the NFL, because once we get into the actual draft portion of this and everything, those team needs are, you know, they're going to change now because they got the guys they needed, you know, under wraps. So they don't have to worry about those positions. Exactly. Although I do think that the sign and trade with, uh, Washington is, just makes it more interesting to watch during the draft. I have a feeling that trade will not go down until the actual draft. Um, yeah, I agree. You know what's funny? Um, I, to um, uh, continue on with that a little bit, latest news today. Uh, this is the third time I've seen the story out there. Uh, Washington apparently believes that they can compete and win with Colt McCoy under center. Well, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so you, you, right. you may be preparing for a rocky season, my friend. Uh, well, oh my god, I don't even know what to say to that. Actually, I got nothing, man. Uh, I'm speechless. I, I will say though, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and uh, assume that Washington is going to, you know, do something really dumb. So I might as well get my uh, Christian McCaffrey jersey or something my, uh, made up for Washington. But that's what we need. Um, so, uh, or maybe Joe Mixon, because we need that bag of, you know, mess hey. as well. I'll tell you what, you got, you've got a good enough offensive line. Mixon's your guy. That's true, but we don't. Anyway, so the people that got re-signed, uh, Jamie Collins, we saw that one coming from Cleveland. He went from Super Bowl uh, winning Patriots to the Cleveland going around the bowl brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, outside uh, linebacker had one of the most. Yeah, he had the most uh, tackles from the time he signed it until the end of the season. Now, did so, you? Did you? I, there was talk that he might actually get a ring uh, from the past because he did contribute significantly to the team. And they can get um, one for that. Do you know if he got one? Yeah, that I do not know. He, I, I would assume that he did, uh, but uh, I am a, uh, I am not sure at this moment. I'm gonna Google that. Um, Eric Berry, um, well, duh, he survived cancer, and now he survived uh, free agency. So, because uh, that those things are totally incredible. God, no, you sound so callous. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eric Berry got re-signed. So, James uh, yeah. Eric Berry, if you're in IDP League, good for you. Um, yeah, you know, once again, mainly, and I know it's not going to be so much in fantasy, so to speak, unless you're in IDPs, but... When we get closer to the draft, those situations are now locked up uh, for those teams and everything, and you may or may not, you know, the team needs will change. They'll shift. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now the, team, the the players that have been released or will be released, they have been indicated mm-hmm. they will not be re-signed. Um, I'm just going to run the names real quick, and then we'll talk about them. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall, and Sorrell Revis. Now, Adrian Peterson... Um, Mr. Uh, Bait and Switch himself. Uh, yep. So you think he signs with Oakland, according to the? Yeah, that, that's my that's my assumption at this time. Um, I, I have heard from both um, uh, Dallas 
uh, news people and the giant, New York Giants news people that they really don't have an intention to sign them. And of course, you know, anybody where there's a spot to see like Baltimore has been, um, uh, sort of involved with going with AP. Um, but it was quickly pushed to the side. So to me, Oakland, it makes the most sense. They actually have an offensive line that's worth discussing. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I could see him going there and doing well as long as his issues from last year before being injured was just that he was behind that horrid line in Minnesota. So here's, here's what I'm getting from this. You said he's, he's going to sign with Oakland. Dallas and New York Giants are not options. So essentially what that says to me is that I should not be buying more Jalen Richards. Uh, I should mm-hmm. not be selling Zeke and I should be buying more Paul Perkins. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would. I, he's going to go somewhere, okay? You know, uh, you're not buying him with the idea, uh, him being AP, obviously. You're not buying him, uh, or you're not staying away from him because yeah. of, I'm, I'm uh, worried about him finding a spot. He's not going to go to Dallas and be the backup to Zeke, okay? That's just not going to happen. That's he's going to play yeah. uh, because if you're going to sign him for the amount of money it's going to take to sign him, uh, and for his age, you're going to run him into the ground. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'd be trying to buy him on the cheap. Uh, but the and problem he's going to go this, somewhere to compete. Do you think he might go to New England? It's, I've heard that a couple of times, too. But the problem with New England is everybody kind of gets pushed in there as being like an option for them uh, because they can do great things with older people. Now, he's a bigger back, you know, just like they had with LeGarrette Blunt, and Blunt is a free agent. Um, but I see them re-signing Blunt for much less money and spending their capital elsewhere as opposed to going out and trying to get – AP just for a name cachet. They don't need to go out and spend that much money on a guy. I mean, they sell tickets just fine on their own. That's true. Well, speaking of people getting pushed in New England, let's talk about mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall. That's a nice little segue away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so you're saying he's going to sign with Baltimore. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to sign with Baltimore. Uh, there's a couple of ties he has, and I, also at the same time, I mean, they just lost. Uh, Steve Smith type, Brandon Marshall could come in. I know they have like a Mike Wallace there, and they have a Rashad Perriman they can stretch the field. Um, but Brandon Marshall's getting old. Yeah, he doesn't. No, you know, no he kidding. doesn't have to go out. There. <laughs> he doesn't have to go out there and stretch the field like he used to. He could sit there. Now, there's other guys that will that we could talk about later. You know, in free agency proper, there's other wide receivers that could go there. Um, speaking of which, while we're on the topic of releases, uh, Torrey Smith. San Francisco, Yep, he on. That was uh, that happened after I made this list. So now we're up to date. <laughs> yeah, now we're breaking news. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, let's see who else you got. You got Jamal Charles. That was, you know, frankly, I was, I was actually a little surprised by that um, when I'm I first saw him. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that when I first saw it because. Um, he hasn't showed us much because of his injuries in the last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it was a it was a cap decision, but I still think it was kind of sad. I like to know. Oh, yeah. I I absolutely agree. Um, and and the language that was used um by both the GM and the head coach out there in <laughs> Kansas City when they were giving their farewell uh talks to the press about him, um. 
they used things like everyone gets old, you know. It, it was very uh, things weren't going to work out-ish kind of thing. And I feel that that's because of his injuries. And if that's the case, um, that's what I mean by, like, I figure he's going to go to a place because to the league, he's still considered a three-down, do-everything kind of back that's just coming yeah. off an injury. So I could see him going to a place like Philly signing for like a one-year prove-it deal kind of thing to, you know, to yeah. show that he's kind of back and everything for maybe like three to four million dollars. Um, but if what we heard out there is the way it is, I don't expect him to succeed in that thing, and I think he'll retire at the end of the year if that so injury what, is as bad as it is. What's in the back in Philly do you think he's currently most like? Well, they're going to move on from Ryan Matthews. Well, yeah, um, because Ryan Matthews is literally made of China. Right. So what I well I mean <laughs> so could uh, so uh, Jamal Charles maybe as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, but I would say it's him just because you know you uh, besides that side you got uh, you've got Barner you've when, got uh, Smallwood and then obviously you have Sproles. Uh, Sproles and Smallwood are kind of your smaller guys that can do returns and everything. So yeah. I mean he would basically be your lead back the the role that uh, Matthews had and kind of slip into it if he went there. Uh, but you know, it's all speculation. It just seems to me like that'd be one of the better fits out there for him as I long agree. as they can, you know, produce the capital to get him. Yeah, I agree with that. I can see that. Um, and then finally, Darrell Revis. Um, well, you and I kind of both agree. He's just, he's done. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It, and for him, it wasn't really, it wasn't really like a slow decline. It was just like a, he hit a cliff and all of a sudden, bam. Yep. Absolutely. There's some positions in this league, that's the way it is. You know, quarterback and running back, that's usually how it happens. I mean, uh, I know it was injury for Peyton Manning, but uh, it was very obvious that one year, you know, in his first year in Denver, everything was all systems go, and, you know, they made it and lost in the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden the next year, it was it was a fight to get him there, you know? Yeah. It was kind of, it was almost very weekends at Bernie-esque, where everyone else was doing the work to, to get him to the finish line. Exactly. So, well, that that's kind of dated myself. Last, uh, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> those are new some notes for the last couple of weeks. God, are you older than Steve Smith? Um, and maybe you should retire. Um, Wait, how, well, how old is Steve Smith? Thirty-seven. He's how old? Thirty-seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got to be like two years. We're good. Yeah, Brandon Marshall's thirty-two. So you're like in the middle. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. I'm 26. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> hate you. I know you do. So we're going to head off. Let me finish the segment. All right. <laughs> so we're going to finish the news and notes, and uh, after the break, we'll be back with some combine talk. Talk to you soon. Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast, Section 2, Combine Talk. Um, so, Luke, uh, I-, I missed you while you were while you were gone. Um, uh, we took that bathroom break and then, you know, news and notes, and you wouldn't let me finish a segment. So, uh, mm. now we're back. Yeah, and I grabbed a beer, so we're good. Did you really? Nice. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I-, I managed to choke down the rest of this smoothie. So, anyway. Well, that's good. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're each going to identify kind of uh, some players that we think we're going to draft early and some players we're looking to get later on in rookie drafts. And obviously, some of this analysis will change depending on landing spots. But um, 
Luke and I like to determine who we like before we figure out where they go because it kind of gives us a truer uh, look into the player, you know? Right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the cream always rises to the top regardless of where they're drafted. Um, you know, I still say that uh, Derrick Henry is the number two running back um, out of last year's draft, even though he's still going to be stuck behind, uh, you know, so as opposed to, say, uh, who came out last year as a running back that doesn't suck? And then Elliott. number one. But you get what I mean. Henry, Okay, yeah, absolutely. Paul Perkins right now, great, great sell high because even though it doesn't seem like a sell high right now, <laughs> in five weeks it will be. Luke, um, uh, 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 don't, don't, don't talk about selling Paul Perkins. I still have to sell him in two weeks. Anyway, <laughs> you haven't done that yet. <laughs> I am trying so hard. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, anyway, so, uh, so out of these running backs we got here, let's just start with running backs because that's the one everybody really cares about. Uh, who yep. are you taking first between the top two? Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, uh, that, that combine may be a little closer for me, but I, uh, based on the tape and everything, I'm still going Delvin Cook. Mm. Um, Fournette is going to be uh, a beast. You know, if, not, if anything else, he had a he had a 240 time. I'm sorry, he weighed 240, had a 451 as his uh, his 40 time, uh, which is great. You know, for his size and everything, um, very impressive in the 93 percentile. So, huge numbers, very good. Um, but Delvin Cook, even though he had a bad day in his three cone and his his shuttle, and, and he had a decent 40 time. Uh, he came in 5'10", uh, 210 as far as his weight and his height and everything. I think he's going to do wonders at the next level based on his film. His football IQ must be amazing. So, yeah, I would still trust him to go there. Uh, he also struggled in the passing drill, um, but I don't think that that is indicative of what you're going to get once he is settled into that role wherever he goes. I'd like to see him put a little bit more weight on at 210, um, but as long as he can get up, you know, maybe like 215, 218, I think, and if he can still maintain that speed, I think he'll be good. So I would still go Delvin Cook. Yeah, uh, I I like Dalvin Cook, um, and honestly, if if you hadn't taken him, I probably would. But just for the sake of discussing more people, I will mm. say Leonard Fournette, frankly. But the only mm. thing I have about Leonard Fournette is, you know, he he ran that four five forty while weighing in at two hundred and forty pounds. That's impressive. Mm. Um, Great, <clears throat> but we didn't see anything about his um, bench. And all we've got for his explosiveness is a really kind of a poor vertical. His vertical yeah. is 28 and a half. Uh, it was actually the worst of the running backs you and I are looking at here. Um, he didn't yep. do a three cone, a 20 shuttle, or a broad jump at all. And, and that's right. concerning to me. Yeah, as soon as his vertical went the way it did, he shut everything down. At least that's, that, that being a person who was watching it live, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we were left to be, you know, scratching our heads and everything because it was kind of like, he just did that. Why didn't he finish? He didn't get injured, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and maybe it was for the best that he didn't get a three cone because three cone is actually really important. You know, when you're when you're going running back, you want to make sure that they're under a four or five in the forty, and that they're you know around two twenty in weight, uh, mm-hmm. as far as close to it as possible. You know, but the, 
on the basis of it. You know, it's not there's there's no science to it. It's just you know the buckets that you could put into. But but if you like for example, if you take real quick cream punch, you had a four six two. Uh, and he weighed in at 216. So his 216 was good, 462 was bad, but he didn't do a three cone. And so if his three cone would be under a seven second, um, uh, mark, then it's, he has the elusiveness to make up for his lack of speed. Yeah. And so that's what you're looking for. Um, now, but yeah. Who is a, who is a running back you draft a little bit later in, um, in a rookie draft? Oh, out of this group right here, um, a Kareem Hunt, uh, would have been the guy had he run his three cone. Uh, but just for the sake of looking at it, I'm looking at Marlon Mack. Uh, he is, uh, he also didn't do the three cone, but he didn't have to do it for me because he ran a 4.5 in his 40. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was very good. Uh, he only put up 15 at the bench. The, the benchmark, so to speak, on average for the last eight years before that was 19. So he's a little under there. But he had a 35.5 vert and a 125 um, uh, uh, broad jump. So I, he he did good there. He has measurables and everything. And I think that yeah, he did well in the pass catching as well. So I think that he would be good to get later on. Well, now, I, I, I want to talk about him, um, but I don't think that many of our listeners will want to draft him. This goes into my little Virginia Tech quarter. Um, Sam Rogers is somebody who finally pulled the stats for me. He's a, he's a fullback from Virginia Tech. Uh, right. His capability to play all three downs, in my opinion, he's a great pass catcher. Um, he actually did everything. His three cone was a seven one eight, which is a little uh, meh, but for a fullback, uh, weighed in at two hundred thirty one. That's pretty good. Um, and he did. He had a thirty two vertical, which is a little bit uh, shorter than. Uh, the 34.8 over the last um, eight years. However, the numbers, mm-hmm. what we're comparing him to is a straight-on um, uh, running back, full-on running back. Right. And as a fullback, he's actually competing with the running backs pretty well. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, his measurables came out really well, a little bit above. I mean, he was 231. The recommended weight's 213. But once again, he's a fullback, not a running back. Yeah. Uh, he's spot-on for height, which is good, 5'10". I mean, yeah, low center of gravity. Uh, he carries a 33.14 BMI and was able to still run his uh, 40 in under five seconds flat. So that's that's great. Yeah, and um, his his three cone, while it was uh, while it was a 718, it was still faster than a, like Samaje Piran. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Piran, he also and also in this case, it was faster than Jamal Williams and of course Dalvin Cook. Yeah, uh, but I think Dalvin Cook just had a bad day. <laughs> I think he wants to. I think he wants to read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually think that Joe Mixon won the combine by not being invited. Um, yep, I think Joe Mixon won the combine there. And what's funny though is um, I was figuring Corey Davis was going to win the combine and wide receiver, basically for the same reason. But uh, you had some wide receivers show up. Some showed up and some didn't, but there was some there was some good quality coming out of the wide receivers that we weren't getting out of the running backs. What a nice segue, Luke. Let's talk about some of these wide receivers. And um and we're gonna start this off by forbidding you to talk about Corey Davis. That that's absolutely fine. He would be my number one choice, obviously, so we'll continue from there, that's all you'd say. Yeah. Uh I'm still forbidding you from talking about him because he didn't do half of the he didn't do half the stuff. Well, he didn't do it. He showed up and got weighed. Yeah. Yeah. Both him and I want to – (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's surgery. And 
just real quick, he's not going to have uh, time between now and the draft to do like a pro day. So what he is is what he is. If you draft him, <laughs> you're getting it. That sucks. You better do some tape watching. Um, oh, so, that's why I'm taking number one. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who would you uh, who would you take instead of Corey Davis? Uh, well, right now I think my guy. Uh, I, I'm going to discuss Mike Williams uh, because he's my yeah. number two. Uh, and basically, he's six foot four, which is the tallest out of the group. Uh, 218 pounds. Uh, he didn't participate in the 40 time, but he put 15. Um, uh, uh, he put the he put the 225 up in the bench for uh, 15. He uh, had a he had a very short vert, but he did nicely when it came to a broad. He got 121, so just a little above what's supposed to be. Um, but his pass catching was good. His pass catching all around is good. He's a good uh, contested catch uh, playmaker. Yeah. I so I can see, I, like I can see why people uh, would put him above Corey Davis. As a matter of fact, I just got into a conversation yesterday about a guy uh, with with a guy who said that he felt that he was you know more of the number one type where Corey Davis wasn't. And for me, it's the inverse, but I do see it because of the way he's able to fight for the ball, and I think right. that's very important. So that's my take on Mike Williams. I I think he's easily allowed to go in the first round. Yeah, I agree. And, and so, not talking about Corey Davis, not talking about Mike Williams, um, it's a, it's actually kind of a steep drop off right here. But um, I would, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I, I honestly think Isaiah Ford had a terrible combine, but I think that he's my guy. Um, and I, I <laughs> probably take him with a high second. Uh, oh, okay. I, he, he did. He had a terrible combine, but um. He he had a decent vertical, a decent broad jump, and a decent bench. I mean, he came in everywhere good except for his 40 time was slower than the other, you know, than he was slow. Um, mm. <laughs> he tied uh, Cooper Cup for 40 time, and Cooper Cup weighs uh, 10 more pounds than he does. Um, yeah. So... Uh, and then his three cone wasn't great, but it was still a sub seven, which I, I do appreciate. Um, I will say, um, instead of, I'm kind of a cop out, but, um, I don't really like anybody but Corey Davis and Mike Williams based on these stats that we have in front mm-hmm. of us. So Isaiah Ford would be my later round guy, but what I'm going to do instead is say, um, John Ross got that 42240, um, mm-hmm. and he is a solid avoid for me. Oh, uh, he is an avoid for me as well, is because this is going to make him climb. I was just uh, oh, the last week I did a, a rookie mock draft where he went one ten, and I feel that's kind Jesus. of like a sweet spot for him. Well, that's the sweet spot for him. That's where he's usually going. Today, that's too high for me. I had a couple of guys that were running a, a mock draft. He went one oh seven, so he jumped three spots up just because it was forty time. Which, don't get me wrong. His 40 time was great. 4-2-2, it breaks the record. He doesn't get the island because he didn't wear Adidas, but apparently he can't swim well anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he that's what he's got. You know, I i can, I can put him up there with, like, Tavon Austin, the fast types and everything. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the flashy name that people have been comparing him to just because Tyreek Hill is the latest guy to be successful at it. Uh, but, you know, 
he had a 422. Uh, he had a good uh, vert at 37, which, in all honesty, the vert is the most important statistic you look at for a wide receiver. So, like, for example, your Isaiah Ford had a 35.5. So he was just above what's considered to be the average. So that's great. So you yeah, know, and his up was good. Yeah. Yeah, so so broad jump was good, you know. So I mean, so you gotta look at it towards that. There was only a few guys that had bad um, uh, uh, verticals, and you know, and then Cooper Cup seemed to like not do good much of anything. <laughs> His three cone was yeah. six seven five, but besides that, you know. So, but my guy, besides, uh, there was two guys that I think helped themselves out a lot. And since I'm gonna talk about two real quick, mine, I will kill you. But you got another one? Okay, fine. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin, Penn State. Yeah, that's not okay. Oh. Okay, good. Uh, he he lit it up. I mean, I, he had a 7.01 um, uh, three cone, so he was just .09 seconds over from the average on that. But besides that, right there, he had, he did he did beautiful. 36 vert, 126 broad jump, 19 at the um, uh, at the weights, a 4.42. You know, I mean, and so good. Six one two oh nine. He is basically my lock for the last wide receiver that I'll take in a draft, going in like a rookie draft. Uh, at the like, I don't know if he's still there at like the two oh eight. I would grab him and then just finish my draft with running backs, tight ends, or you know, maybe a quarterback in the last round. I'll tell you, my in in, in the same vein, my flyer in that range is actually K1 Taylor. Um, Oh, because, cool! I got another guy then. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, you know my my big deal is three tone. I love three tone. Um, mm-hmm. And Taylor Taylor had a six five three tone. That's insane. He had a good broad yeah. jump too. The, the kid is explosive. The only problem is he had a, a slightly lower vertical than we would like, but everything else right. checked out. And that vertical Which is, is concerning. Mm-hmm. And that vertical is concerning because he is on the shorter side. He is five eleven, whereas historically six one has been a good height. Uh, right, so you know, it's funny though because he did so well burst wise everywhere else. I mean, granted, three comes not much of a burst indicator, but he did a one twenty one at the broad jump, which I mean also takes burst of everything. So you would think that maybe his vert being three inches under and everything is more just his size, yeah, you know, I, than I agree. anything else. Um, and then so okay, so that's him. My last guy who also just blew it away. Was a, was a guy named Isaiah Jones, or as he's more commonly known, Zay Jones. He he came in six two two yeah. one. He ran a four four six. Put up the the weights fifteen times. Did a thirty six point five invert, one thirty three broad. Ran a six point seven nine three cone, and also for a shuttle to round it out, four point zero one. He had no bad spots to his game. He was he was really good. I would give you that. He he showed up. Yeah, it, it, it was funny because like he was basically almost unknown uh, as of the um, Senior Bowl, and he came in. And then he the came in there. Bowl, he blew it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was amazing. It was a great game. Uh, he had a great week in practice, and he came in here, and he 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 he's in the conversation now for a late first, I think. You know, yeah, not, he went, not for, he went and, from a. I, I say he went from a solid day three guy to a. Um, Get yeah. to more of a day, late day one, early day two. 
Yep, and honestly, looking at these uh, numbers and everything, I think both Chris Guywood and Zay Jones, those were the two guys that, like, basically took themselves from being questionable day two guys and are now solid day two, probably second round and questionably going into the first day. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's move on to tight ends. And um, mm-hmm. th- this is a really good tight end class. So th- th- the combine will do a lot um, to kind of oh, yeah. see uh, where we are here. And so let's just – who is the first tight end off the board for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, much like the vertical is the, one of the most important statistics for a wide receiver, the three cone is the most important for uh tight end, just like it is for running back. So I want to ask yeah. you a question real quick. On our chart here, how many tight ends are there that have red marks as opposed to green marks? Uh, none. Yep. This tight end class is one of the best tight end classes that have come out. Remember 2008 and all those running backs that came out? Yeah. This year was supposed to be <clears throat> the year that the running backs were replenished and everything as guys like Jamal Charles and all of them were starting to be put to bed and whatnot. But I really think that this year is for tight ends what 2008 was for um, uh, running backs. Uh, my first guy off the board would probably be pronounced Joku, David Joku, yeah. from the U. The U. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just David, he it was so good. He's six foot four, two four six. Now he's raw, okay, but yeah. his ceiling I feel is so much higher. He's a prototypical what what is called a Joker tight end, and those are the guys that sure they can teach them how to block and everything, but they are your receiving tight ends. Uh, like, you know, Odin Howard blocks more and everything, which is going to get on the field faster, but I think that this guy right here could come in and be a plug-and-play receiving tight end uh, day one, and then you can just work on blocking as you go. Uh, and then, you know, and he just made his three-cone with uh, the average of a 7.16. He got a 6.97. Yeah. That, that's nuts. Uh, God. These guys are I'm I'm actually going to stock up in our tight end premium league. Hopefully none of our tight end premium friends are listening. Um, give me all oh, the picks, and I'm going to clean up the second round. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would actually say that my um, my favorite one of this tight end group would – that's tough. They're all mm-hmm. good. Uh, I would say O.J. Howard. I really like O.J. Howard. Um, yes. Uh, because uh, then again, he's got that three cone, the six eight five. Oh, it's beautiful three cone. Oh, and he is huge. Like the guy is six six two fifty one. Like yeah. And and he has his vertical uh, was not that great. It was a thirty, but his broad jump right. was one hundred and twenty one, and his shuttle was a four one six. These are all really mm-hmm. important things for him. He's gonna serve. He's gonna be a good pass catcher, and he's gonna be mm-hmm. a good dump off. I, I, I think he's going to be the full package. Now, speaking of full packages, um, who else did really good at this combine uh, for tight ends, Luke? Oh, my gosh. First of all, let's take a look and see what the number is. The average number over the pack from 2006 to 2014 for a 40 time was 474, okay? Yeah. So, um, uh, the Joku went 464, so he was .1 under. 
your boy OJ Howard was a four five one. And then what to my next guy my next guy here, Evan Ingram from Ole Miss, he went four four two. Yeah, that was insane. Absolutely insane. It was it was it, to tell you that they're probably my favorite thing to watch the whole entire combine was just the tight end drills, you know, once you get out of, like, all the measurables and everything, um, just the stuff you got to watch them do and everything. And for me, I think that basically you could almost take any of these guys, and, and we have quite a list here. We have 10 guys. I have 10 tight ends here that you anywhere between the first round, potentially with an O.J. Howard, all the way to just getting them off the waiver wire like an Adam Shaheen or or Michael Roberts out of Toledo, you could get those guys later, and they will probably end up in a couple of years after they develop, giving you the points you need. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but yeah, but my guy would be Evan Ingram. Uh, and so, now do you have one more guy? I got one more guy. It's my boy Bucky Hodges. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I like I mean we got to talk about Bucky Hodges. I mean, if it's yeah. I mean, talking about Isaiah Ford is understandable because, you know, he's been allowed as a good receiver. Talking about Sam Rogers is just me being a, a, a Hokie fan because, you know, who else is going to talk about Sam Rogers? But Bucky Hodges looked really good in this mm-hmm. uh, combine. I mean, I was thrilled. He looked better yeah. than freaking Isaiah Ford as a receiver. Right, and uh, there are people out there that are worried that he will be a, that Hodges will become a receiver. Um, but he went through the tight end drills. He, you know, he's being looked at as a tight end. So I, unless he gets, and yeah, unless he gets to wherever he's going and he completely face plants, he's going to be a tight end. And he's going to be a good tight end. Um, I, I, the reason mm-hmm. I say that it's better if he stays as a tight end. Now, if if he goes to receiver, he's even for me, he's basically undraftable. Um, right. And, and the reason that. is, I have a share of Devin Punches that I can't move. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're basically the same thing, except Bucky Hodges is better and cooler. Um, right. So, uh, Bucky Hodges, he's, he's massive, 6'6", 257. Um, he ran a 457. Uh, his mm-hmm. bench was a little sad, but then his vertical was a 39. Uh, broad jump, 134. He didn't do that three cones. Um, but I've seen enough tape on him to know that he he can he can do some stuff. He's athletic as yeah. to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that he would have been. He's probably under. the most athletic of anybody in this um, any anybody in this tight end class. Well, I would agree. I mean, I think at least as far as straight speed goes, you know, I mean, I feel like he ended up with a four five seven. There's only two other guys that beat him there. You know, uh, looking at his. Oh, uh, man, his broad jump, 134. You know, he had the highest broad jump in the whole entire uh, entire, entire class. So I would I would totally agree. I think that he definitely has the case for being the most athletic. Yeah, he, you know, he actually started off as a quarterback uh, recruit. Most good players do. I just watched um, uh, Joe Hayden on uh, uh, Toll Access, and he was talking about how back in the day him and Tyrod yeah. used to play together. That's because Tyrod's the fan. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, one my one sneaky guy. If you can get him, if you have a few draft pretty quick after the draft, and you want to try to grab a, a tight end in the fourth round that could turn into something, Jake Butt, uh-huh. Michigan. He's I was still not, injured. I, 
Yep. He's not going to do anything. But, you know, he's 6'5", 246. And, you know, if you can if you can get him towards the end, he's more of an all-around back or a tight end versus, uh, you know, your Ingrams and your Jokus. So you can get the, the blocking tight end-ish, and and he's a decent to good, you know, receiver. So I would go and with him. Plus, think of the great team names you can get for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that, that's yeah. exactly where I was going with it. <laughs> Gra- grabbing, grabbing him on the, on the ass end of your draft. Put him. Uh, uh, man, that's a nice so slogan. Oh, oh, man, I like that. that is a t-shirt. <laughs> and then uh, let's finally, let's, let's talk about um, this quarterback class. Now, I'll say Deshaun Watson looks really good in this uh, combine, but the reason you mm-hmm. think he looks really good not you, Luke, but you, the listener. Um, mm-hmm. It's because if you put um, day-old shit next to three-day-old shit that's been sitting in the sun, then uh, you're going to prefer the day-old shit. And so uh, oh, don't man. draft your quarterbacks unless you're in a two-quarterback league. The drafts will show you. I don't think any of these quarterbacks can go in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I... I... I know there's going to be a quarterback that goes. I I can see Trubisky being the guy that ends up going in the top ten, whether it's to a San Fran or a Chicago. Um, yeah, that's a mistake. Uh, yeah, but uh, you, know, there, you have so many other needs at the top of the order, and this draft in particular is like uber defensive draft, okay? Um, yeah. For example, after the combine section for the defensive ends and linebackers ended, just D-line and linebackers, if Cleveland Cleveland has two options. Draft Miles Garrett, who ran a four six four as a defensive end. Yeah. That's um, insane. Uh, and you know, or trade out for just a, a bounty. You know, those yeah. are your two options. You cannot take a quarterback at one. Um and in all honesty, you know, with with the meltdown that Ruben Foster had with his whole entire "Do you know who I am?" speech before he got kicked out of the combine. I mean, man, if he's there at twelve, your linebackers are set. Yeah. Now I will say, I will say, I actually would not put it past. All right, call me crazy. I would not put it past uh, the Jaguars to draft Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I would. I, I would either. Well, I mean, you saw the rumors coming out today. Today being what is today? I did not. Oh, don't date uh, our podcast. Oh, we're not dating it. All right, whatever. Uh, Romo. The the oh, rumor today was that Romo was going to go there after uh, he was released. Now, that has oh. since been refuted. Uh, it's now it's looking back like it's going back to Houston. But for a minute there, and the funny thing was, was all the pundits were like, "Oh, that makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> no one is yeah. giving Bortles the time of day right now. And, I mean, and it can be warranted. terrible his first year. And then in his second year, he was gold with touchdowns, mm-hmm. but his, his interceptions were terrible. And then in right. his third year, he went back to being completely terrible. Um, right. Well, and, yeah, and, and now that there's the shift at the top and everything, uh, now that Gus Bradley is gone, you know, it's you know, what's going to happen. You know, I mean, I have shares of Allen Robinson – um, but anyone else that I have shares of on that team, I am dumping. You know, and that includes well, TJ Yeldon as much as that makes me sad. Yeah, and, and we've, we've seen that without Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson 
uh, Alan Hearns can't do anything because Alan Hearns can't be, sustain himself as the lead receiver. Um, right. Well, honestly, at the end of the season, Marquise Lee was doing better than Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns is done. Yeah, exactly. I would say that um, Alan Robinson's a good buy low, but I do think that uh, uh, you're going to have a better opportunity to buy Alan Robinson low because they're going to take a receiver early. Oh. You think so? You think they're going to they're going to bypass uh, safety? I mean, they're they number four overall. Personally, I would love them to bypass safety with Jamal Adams or Malik Hooker City there. Yeah, but there's something in the water in Florida. Um, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that they really know what they need. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I know they took Jalen Ramsey last year and and uh, uh, what is it, Miles Jack? The uh, linebacker, yeah. so they they went back to back defense early last year, so um, so that may be the case. But yeah. I really I, I really do think that uh, they could easily go with Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams is going to be an awesome free safety. He's going to be that's true everywhere. You know they're going to probably surprise us all and take Sam Rogers at four. <laughs> I don't think anyone would take Sam Rogers at four. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. What about I, you, know, you know what? No. Because you got to realize, if you look at your running back, let's say they want to go running back for some reason, uh, they're going to have options for guys like, I mean, Kamara could be there at 304 still. That's true. It's true. You know, but also Jamal would be there. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, easily. <laughs> so they they could be because I mean, like you're gonna have some, you're gonna have maybe Joku and you're gonna have Howard go in the first. Uh, Evan Ingram's gonna go in the second, and then you're probably going to see, um, uh, if not late second, early third. That's when you're gonna have a um, a bucket high just off the board. Precisely. Now, um, I think that we've covered these combine players pretty pretty thoroughly. At this point, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if if anybody has particular questions about anything on the combine, if they want to get our take on anything, um, listen to the end of the podcast to get our contact info. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Um, you all are wonderful. And so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back right after that. Um, we're going to listen to uh, Luke's sultry tones uh, talking to you oh, about yes. Savage, the ultimate apparel company. Oh yes. Exactly. All right, cool. Talk to you guys on the other side. Hey, guys. This is Luke Bisson from Intentional Grounding, the podcast you're more than likely listening to right now. And uh, I just want to take a minute real quick to uh, talk about our uh, title apparel sponsor, Savage, the ultimate apparel company. Uh, This company, they've been killing the jersey game for sports teams around the country, and their brand and merchandise has some serious flavor. Uh, With both national and local level partnerships among a variety of sports, including uh, football, soccer, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, I love disc golf, uh, dodgeball, Quidditch, and and, and some more, uh, they're ready to get you into the gear you need. Savage produces brand and customizable apparel for the active lifestyle, and you need to check them out because they're offering right now an exclusive coupon code just for our listeners so that you can get 15% off. Use the coupon code WookieTD at www.savageultimate.com to get some awesome new gear. And if you don't see something that you like, they've got a fully customizable option section to get you exactly what you need. So stay tuned because from Intentional Grounding the podcast, you know, that you're listening to, uh, there's going to be some exclusive, like, merchandise coming soon. 
So don't forget, WookieTD saves you 15% off at www.savageultimate.com. Go check it out today. And welcome back, Luke. Thank you very much. Uh, Savage is a wonderful company, and uh, you should all go buy things from them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and talk about the top five uh, free agents that we've not already talked about. Some of the ones in our list have um, already been talked about, so we're going to not talk about them. Uh, and then we're going to do that for running backs and wide receivers. And, you know, frankly, it's just going to be a jam-packed show. So oh, yeah. uh, let's let's kick it off. We've already talked about uh, Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson. Let's move mm-hmm. on to your stinking Browns, Isaiah Crowell. All right. Well, I mean, he, this one's really easy. Uh, he was He's an RFA, which means that technically has one more year in his contract. Um, as long as they tag him to some degree and the Browns put a second-round tag on him. So he is going to make $2.8 million this year. And uh, on top of that, if he is picked up by a team, like if a team decides they want him and stuff, they have to give us their second-rounder. So the end. Okay, cool. Um, so basically <laughs> what you're telling me is that the, the Patriots could go ahead and just pick up Isaiah Crowell for the 232 and – Look at look at it like a steal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, but that's uh, because they didn't want to pay first round money for him. You know, because it's it's basically set up where, you know, if you put a second round tag on him, it's that usually the person is, has the uh, uh, the transition tag on them for the round they were drafted in. But yeah. Crowell was a, a UDFA. He was an undrafted free agent, so that really wouldn't do much of anything. Yeah, that'd be frankly useless. All right, let's move on to. That Eddie Lacy, um, the I'm actually honestly concerned about this guy. He it's literally his job to be in shape, and he cannot stop eating. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, absolutely. You know, PX, P90X didn't work very well for him either. But he's he's going to be doing it again this off season. <laughs> he's going to go on Atkins, dude. He's just going to try a different fat diet until one six. They don't work, frankly. We're going to have a new sponsor, by the way. Uh, he should get strapped and stay strapped, and uh, we'll be hearing more about it coming podcast. Look at you. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing some, some producing work. Uh, let's, let's, <laughs> I think I think Eddie Lacy, wherever he goes, um, is not going to be much to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it really depends. I mean, maybe he goes somewhere that's going to put a fire under him. You know, Eddie Lacy, and not to beat the New England horse too much, but he'd be perfect in New England. You know, he would. That's he would. That's exactly the guy you would want there because he's big, uh, and he's going to have a support system around him that's not going to let him get away. Like obviously, Green Bay was just kind of like, "You're going to do what you're going to do." It sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so let's let's move on. And Chris Thompson, my homeboy from the Redskins, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's good third down back and not much else. Uh, right. Although he showed that he could do a little bit else, but he. He's a pass catcher. That's really it. Uh, I, oh, I he's honestly a good think pass catcher, too. He's a good pass catcher, but that's what he does. He's a pass catcher. I honestly think he stays with the Redskins. Um, what, what, what did they tender him at? Do you remember? That's what I am actually checking right now. So let's talk Come more on, about his man. pass catching. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does pass catching. Occasionally he catches passes. 
Um, he he, is just, he does really good. He's really good at receiving the ball. Occasionally, mm-hmm. the quarterback throws the ball and then he catches it. Have you found that yet? Oh, he's a Libra. He's a what? <laughs> but I'm just joking. I said he's a Libra. Uh, I didn't know they did anything to him. He's an RFA. He's he's good to go. Uh, I can't. If they if they did tag him, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. So Chris Thompson. It's I'd actually buy him if you have the opportunity. Um, cause well, he's the only he's the only running back that's safe on that roster right now. That's true. Um, and I you know. think that he I think he's got a defined role, and I think he's going to keep it. And so go ahead and buy him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, um, I, I, I would totally get him. Uh, to me, he's basically a better version of what Lance Dunbar was supposed to be before Lance Dunbar went south. Uh, I think Lance Dunbar is one of the first-round rookie big. <laughs> what? That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I thought you were trying to, were trying to sell him in one of your leagues. <laughs> no, no, no. That was purely for our listener, Rodolfo. Um, so, uh, all right. So then we go to Latavius Murray, who couldn't, uh, do anything despite being behind one of the top offensive lines in the league. Uh, um, oh man, I heard, I heard someone say a couple of days ago that Latavius Murray is like the epitome of the consolation prize at the running back position. Whoever gets them, they're, they're going to be like, oh man, we could have had this guy, but we got stuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, of the Murrays in the league, he's the worst. Um, <laughs> well, he's going to command a decent amount of money because he's an FA, and yeah. someone's going to pay him, but they're not going to have the line that, that uh, Oakland had, or I'm sorry, I mean the, the soon-to-be Las Vegas uh, yeah. they, they were just um, uh, financed today by Bank of America. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so... so Basically, he's going to go somewhere, and they're going to be like, well, we have our running back of the future. <laughs> he's going to yeah. lay an A. And they're going to be like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Browns say after that happens. Um, so, uh, uh, we already have, we already, you know. Hey, they have a taken Fournette in like half of the mocks that I see at 12, so. You know, I, I, th- I think I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, right. Good is a relative turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, talking about the Browns. Uh, so it's true. Finally, Danny Woodhead. Uh, you know, I you know Danny Woodhead. I I did not like him for the longest time. He was he's a good mm-hmm. dude, but you know, it just seemed like every year he was my fantasy kryptonite. Um, yeah. And uh, you know he. Looks so good to start the season. I was like, okay, this is the year I'm finally going to keep Danny Woodhead, and then he tears up the <laughs> ACL. Uh, yep. Uh, so yeah. Well, going forward, Mike Bolden draft him. Well, yeah. I, right now, obviously, he's a free agent. I totally see uh, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> uh, I see them going out and trying to re-sign him for a one-year deal and everything. But, I mean, to be honest, he's 32. Uh, there's not much left in the tank, even if he was healthy, you know. Yeah. Although, he, him being a smaller back and everything, he may be able to go a little bit longer. But maybe. maybe. For the most part, the beating that he's taking, being a smaller back at the same time. Because, I mean, he doesn't – he's not shy about going up the middle to get yards. That's true. That's true. You're not wrong. So, um but but I do think that isn't this the second torn ACL? 
Yeah, I know. Well, like I said, I think he's going to come back. I don't. They'll give him more than the veterans minimum. Uh, but I fully expect him to, he, to be resigned by the Chargers. I don't think he's going to go anywhere and find any money. And I think the Chargers know that. So they'll give yeah. a little bit extra, but that's about it. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, have a look at some receivers that are making some moves in the free agent market. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, real off. quick, sleeper on running yeah. back. Sleeper on running back, Rex Burkhead. Oh, yeah. Watch where he, watch where he lands. As long as he doesn't go back to um, uh, Cincinnati as a backup to Giovanni Bernard, who may not start the season, uh, he may still be injured. That's true. But, uh, but if he goes somewhere else and everything, I think he's going to get a chance and he's going to do well. That'd be interesting. All right. Yeah. Moving on to the receivers. Thank you for that tidbit. Um, Terrell Pryor, wide receiver, mm-hmm. former, the, the wide receiver formerly known as quarterback, Terrell Pryor. Yep. Um, and, uh, he did a great job this year, but he's going to take a massive step back if he stays in with the Browns. Yeah, well, I don't think that's a concern anymore. As much as I'd love to sit here and say that it is, um, I am in the belief that their chance to, um, uh, to get Prior under a long-term contract, I think that kind of sailed the second that they didn't uh, franchise tag him. Yeah, so. I agree, and I think that he he's good. Um, he, so he'll land somewhere, and frankly, I think he's going to head to San Francisco. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I think he'll stay a little more on this side of the uh, of the United States. I have him actually going to uh, Tennessee if the uh, Cooks trade falls through. Yeah, you think the Cooks trade is that finalized? I think the Cooks trade is very real, um, and they would much rather have Cooks than they would Terrell Pryor. Um, but for me, Terrell Pryor is over Alshon Jeffrey as the number one uh, wide receiver because of Alshon Jeffrey's uh, soft tissue issues. And, and his, um, you know, his PED suspensions. Right, and, and his work ethic all around. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, know, I'm gonna go. The, I'm gonna go with the guy that worked hard to transition almost what apparently looks seamlessly to some, you know, in some ways from quarterback to wide receiver. Um, I'll take the hard worker over the guy that's just looking to get a paycheck. So exactly, Alshon Jeffrey. He's talented. He's big. He can't get on the stay on the field though, and that's his own fault because he's not putting in the time to build up his body to the point where he can resist injury and he's he mm-hmm. taking drugs and that's not okay. Right. Well, I mean, he was, you know, he was physical enhancers, you know, just trying to cheat a little bit to uh, stay current and get out there again. I totally get it from a competitive standpoint, um, but, but you're not doing yourself any favors when you get suspended mid-season for it. Exactly. And so, you know, especially, um, especially when Kevin White is supposed to be, the next guy up, and he can't get on the field, so you're stuck with Cameron Meredith. <laughs> yeah, who don't don't fight too much, Cameron Meredith. If, I, if I have, yeah, I have San Fran going after Jeffrey pretty hard. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that the, I think that that is um, been reinforced by the Tory Smith release. Um, let's move on back to the Browns. Uh, Josh Gordon, he's a free so, agent. Uh, he is if he's let go. Um, the reason why he's on he's this gonna list be right now, go. right? That's why he's on this list. He's going to be let go. Technically, he was suspended for enough games uh, last year, being you know all of them. So his contract year didn't count. Uh, yeah. 
So, but they're going to release him. There's no reason for him to stay on the team. He's just kind of, he, his name in the halls of Cleveland, it's just there as a place marker for just ultimate shame. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <yeah. laughs> But uh, I, like, I noticed I like that you skipped over one. Garcon, though. You don't, well, uh, you don't want to discuss I, I, Garcon. I, I, I'm going to discuss Garcon. I just, I just want to do the Redskins back to back. Um, oh, cool, cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Come on, I got a plan. Uh, right. I am the producer. I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Josh Gordon, I think, what do you think are some good landing spots for him? For Gordon? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the problem though is this. Uh, he did really well in like the preseason last year based on, you know, playing against preseason talent. But he's not the guy from 2013 that, you know, ran for X amount of yards and X amount of games and wowed, you know, people all over the place and made four It was one first round draft. Pick. 46 yards. Oh, I, didn't want, I don't even want to talk about it. So sad. <laughs> uh, but, uh, 1,646 yards in the second season. I know. 13 games. Um, yeah. And, I, and yeah, that's just. Heartbreaking. Um, I think he's going to go to Dallas. Oh, here's okay. Here's well, that would make sense because he is a fan of the Cowboys from time to time. Uh, I and and the Cowboys have the ability, just like they did with Dez, they have the ability to assign somebody to him to keep him out of trouble. Yeah. Well, do you know the number one um, uh, team that I see his name with? I'll give you one guess. I'll give you one guess. I uh, 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 who takes troublemaker? Who takes troublemakers and makes their problems go away? And is in the Northeast. New England. Yep. <laughs> Please, God, no. I know. I'm telling you, they're like the Swiss Army knife for people who don't have a place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't oh, you don't you? have a place that you can go. Come up here to us. You know, come in for talented and nobody can recognize it. Go to New England. Yep. You know, come on up. We'll give you a one-year deal, and then if you go and get picked up by somebody else, we'll just we'll just take the comp pick. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. So, so let's let's move on to the Redskins, who are losing two wide receivers, and I don't think either one is coming back. You got Pierre Garçon mm-hmm. and Deshaun Jackson. These guys are thirty-one and thirty, respectively. Oh, and have I I got some good lands that I'm hearing. Uh, what do you wait? What do you say? I'm hearing. I have both of them having a specific landing spot. So uh, you go ahead and do your thing on them, and I'll tell you where uh, where I hear them going. I got no idea about Garcon, but I think Djax um, is not going to Philly as many thought. I think Djax is going to Tampa Bay. That and that is exactly what I I think he is the perfect complement to a Mike Evans. You know, that way they can also not worry about that position and they can focus on V-Jax or D-Jax. D-Jax. V-Jax, is V-Jax even there anymore? I, mean, I, think I don't think so. I think D-Jax actually might have might be a Walmart creator at this point. Probably, yeah. But So I have him going there. And then for Pierre Garçon, I am hearing Baltimore. Wait, Baltimore, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a possession yep. receiver. He's not he's not your run down the uh the field like a Mike Wallace, you know? I mean so basically all you have to do is he's your short guy. 
and they can also sit there and focus on, you know, one of their six tight ends or one of their five running backs. <laughs> uh, figure out yeah. They need to figure out what's going on there. I think that would be terrible for his fantasy value. Um, well, I, I'm sure that it would. I mean, it's going from Pierre, not from Pierre, I'm going from a, a Cousins down to a Flacco, you know, as far as efficiency alone, uh, would spell a slight bit of drop off if nothing else. But I think that Garcon, for what he's able to do, he could be a presence uh, over the, uh, over the middle of the field. And it might actually help out whoever they decide to start at tight end, whether it's Pitta, uh, if Watson's even there anymore, you know, but both, both those guys could just be gone, you know. So they may, yeah. maybe, maybe max time. Yeah, see what they yeah. got. Maxica. Um, <laughs> to the two X's. Yeah, no, I think that this is an interesting wide receiver group. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where they land because it's a high-powered group. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah. The guys behind them too are—they're just as good. I mean, you forget about Thielen who resigned. You know, you, oh, he was an RFA and he got tagged. But Kenny I mean, Britt, like Don Charles, Kenny Britt's Britt. there. Yeah, Kenny Britt is there. Uh, Brandon Marshall. I mean, he's another guy that's being like both New England and Baltimore. Uh, you know, you're hearing about uh, just Kenny Stills. I mean, Kenny Stills is only 25 years old. He's going to go somewhere else. You know, he's coming off of <laughs> hey, well, this is two and a half years ago. I would have been like, oh, man, easily the 103. Yeah, right. Good God. Uh, anyway, yeah. well, I, I, I'm really excited for free agency to start. And that's going to be soon, soon, isn't it? That's like, yeah, well, yeah the, the stuff. Uh, was, well, yeah, because, I mean, uh, well, we don't want to date ourselves, but uh, the, the tampering period is starting up. Because, I mean, like, like it, it's soon. You know, they're going to yeah. be able to get out there. They're gonna, we're going to know before signings start, days before, where people are going. Exactly. You know, it's they have worse leaks than the White House. Yeah. So, oh. We'll know. Oh. Um, oh. Anyway, so, uh, well, I, I think that that has been uh, – that's a good coverage of the free agents. And uh, without yeah. further ado, I think it's time to wrap this baby up. I I, I, I think I agree. Let's do it. All right. Well, listeners, if you want to hear more, um, you can always listen to us next time we record, or you could email us. Our email is intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. What's that, Luke? No, it's intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Um, and you can follow myself. I'm at groundingff on Twitter. Luke is at intentional. Under- uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We, we do mailbag occasionally. We like to get in the leagues with our listeners and uh with so signing off i'm noah downs your co-host and he is luke Bisson. and y'all have a great night thanks bye